Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host Teresa Reese and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. Here we go. This one is called Until. When I see it, I may believe it. To just hear it because you say it is not enough for me to accept that you are the one for me. I have heard it. I almost believed it. I have envisioned it, but until I see it, I won't believe it. Like I did once before. Put some action behind those words, making the meaning a true verb since actions speak louder than words. Until we say our vows, I won't put my all into it. And so I hope you all have had the most amazing day, evening, afternoon, that you did something special for yourself, that you made today count, and that you are closer to your goals. And tonight I have a special guest. (laughs) And so, Y'all heard me talk about him. He is my 20-year-old son, and his name is actually Rodney, but I call him Joshua. So, son, hello and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. I am so happy to have you here, son. (laughs) How are you? I can hear it in your voice. So, they say that you are my favorite child. I know I'm your favorite child. (laughs) I I know this to be to be facts. How do you think that you are, and why do you think that you're my favorite child, son? I've known you for eighteen plus years. I've known you for twenty years now. That is all of my life. You literally raised me all of my. I think I'm your first child that you raised, like you from are. infant to adulthood. You so, are. So yeah, I'm the favorite. <laughs> You are the one child of my six children, the very first child that I raised. You are so right. From birth until adulthood, you are the first child that I was able to literally be a part of your graduation. So we shared a lot of firsts, a lot of firsts. And so um, you were the first child that I literally, there's so many, Josh, there's been a lot of firsts for you and I. So what a lot of people don't know, um, now your Nana knows this, but you probably don't even know this. I don't know if I shared it with you, but when we used to drive from Dallas to Austin, did I tell you about that? I used to be up in the car seat (laughs) just looking over, mommy, you all right? Yeah. Mommy, you all right? Yeah, son, you can go. You can go to sleep. I'm okay. Yes, Mama, I know. Okay, so I shared that with you because, yes, when you were a baby, it's like you've always had this presence about you that was you're beyond your years josh you really truly are so they say yeah you are though you it's like you have this so even though you were six months old you would watch me like you were my guardian angel you would literally watch me while i was traveling from dallas to austin and then i would look over and you'd be staring at me and then i'm like my baby's trying to make sure his mama's good and then the minute that i would tell you I'm okay, Josh. Then you would pass out. And it happened every single time we traveled. And so you also are the first child that I had in Dallas and the only child that I had in Dallas. And so being 20, um, how does it feel to be 20, son? Because you know you're like literally knocking on 21's door. Yeah. Uh, it... <laughs> It feels like I'm trying to reconnect with my child self, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. It feels like I'm trying to reconnect with, like, the stuff that I used to like when I was younger. So give me some examples, son. Uh, just... It happens every time. Every time. <laughs> just, uh... I don't know, just trying to, like, figure out... Not figure out, but, like, reconnect with what I used to like when I was growing up. Nature and, and going on walks and just, like being to myself kind of is is where I'm trying to get back to um, 
but being 20, being an adult, I guess, is really no joke. So, so yeah. So what was like the harshest reality for you? Like, you know, you're about to transition, you're about to move in with your dad, but what was that, what was one of your pivotal moments that made you realize, wait a minute, like, I'm not a kid, I'm an actual adult. When, when was one of your pivotal moments when you had that epiphany? <laughs> my uh, my wake up moment? Uh-huh. Uh, I had a lot of those actually. Uh-huh. But I guess my first one was when I, huh, I guess when I landed at College Station and like, I realized it's just me out here. So how was that? How was that transition? It wasn't anything easy, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I still had friends up there, so mm-hmm. it was, it was a little, a little seamless, I guess would be the word. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, just trying to like find myself, you know, and find what I like to do out there, and like just not go insane. Yeah. Um, it was it was hard for the most part. I mean, I spent a lot of nights crying. Um, was it just the fear of like being in? It was it was honestly like failing. Mm-hmm. The fear of failing. Yeah, it was just like if I don't. I guess in my mind, I thought if I can't make it here, because mm-hmm. <laughs> at A and M, I guess yeah. I was just like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have a, a backup plan. Mm-hmm so to speak, but I mean, you just kind of have to roll with the punches. I mean, take life for what it is, take life for what it gives you. And I mean, this COVID situation really hit it out the park. I was like, dude, we all got sent home. Yeah. <laughs> and you weren't ready for that. Yeah, you. I, I know that you weren't ready for that. I know that you were just, because one thing that um, your aunt Tina has said is that once y'all get a taste of college that whenever college children come back home it's a different feeling because you've actually been independent like you know your parents are not there you get to you know figure it out as a young adult so it's like going from that freedom to a certain you know extent and then coming back home where it's like oh my goodness there's rules i got a curfew so like how because i know we you know we had to have our moment where we had to have a discussion about you know, stretching your curfew and the fact that you are 20 years old, you know, we had to literally kind of like get down to the nitty gritty and figure out like how we were going to be able to reconnect in terms of living under the same roof after you had been to college and then came back. So like, what were your views in terms of once you've had that freedom, how did you process like, oh my goodness, I got to go right back under my mom's roof and I got to follow the rules. Like, how did that make you feel? I hated it. I, I didn't hate it. Uh-huh. I just very much disliked it because back at A and M, we would literally stay up until like five o'clock in the morning, not do anything like ridiculous. Right. We would just be like at the engineering complex, but playing games or something. So we wouldn't be doing anything like reckless. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just having those hours way past midnight, one o'clock, yeah, way past bedtime, <laughs> and just like literally just being kids so to speak um and then having to come back and like i can't do that for multiple many reasons one Mm -hmm. because it's you know the world is masked up and two because my mom not going for that yeah so having to come back and actually like adjust to that was like okay well it's not gonna be easy but Mm -hmm. i mean this is kind of what you're stuck with right now um up until where you can figure out you know where you're gonna be so i mean that college life really is like your first no i wouldn't say it's your first but for me it was my first taste of like real freedom Mm -hmm. and coming back to limitations was kind of like a it was a it was a wince i winced a couple times but but when i look at that like even because i know that that's a test you know if you think about it because it's still Mm -hmm. self-discipline you know it's still Mm -hmm. like i went from 
doing my own thing and now I got to go right back to being restrained and confined to a certain extent. Like I still try to give you liberties, but at the same time, it's like, wait a minute, like you said, my mom ain't going for me showing up at six o'clock in the morning, you know, and it being okay. And so, but what I noticed is, cause you have little siblings that are like, you have siblings that are older than you, but you also have siblings that are under you. And so in a lot of ways you're considered a role model. So it did that help you? You know, when, when it came to, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and abide by these rules. Is one of the reasons why it was easier for you to do that is because you do have younger siblings looking up to you to see how you're going to handle that? No. Um, if I'm being honest, I never really wanted to be a role model. Mm -hmm. um, but we were just kind of raised like you have to abide by a certain standard of rules. So that kind of respect has always been instilled in me. And so rarely was I ever gonna try and push push those like limitations. Every now and then I was gonna try and see how far I can get, but rarely was I gonna be like, okay, let me just be out until, not when I'm not working, obviously, let me just be out until six o'clock in the morning just cause I feel like I can. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, getting back into the groove of, okay, be home at a certain time. Mm -hmm. I wasn't gone to college for that long. Like, right. I'm still, I was still fresh out of high school, so mm -hmm. I still kind of had a sense of you need to be home at a certain time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So you are in a relationship. We're gonna switch the gears for a moment. Okay, so you have a girlfriend, and how long have y'all been together? Almost two years now. Okay. Oh wait. This month, on the 27th, we make two years. All right, so you have a, an anniversary coming up. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so y'all are in a biracial relationship mm -hmm. and y'all knew each other in high school. Yeah, and like I've seen, before that? Something like that. Okay. <laughs> and um, I have seen different situations where you have stood your ground when it comes to your relationship. So you have, we've had a conversation about the relationship in certain, you know, in certain lights or whatever, because to be honest, mothers and fathers are the same way. Sometimes it's hard for us to see our children with anyone. We always feel like, you know, no one's gonna be good enough for our babies, you know? And so, but you and I had a conversation and one of the things that you said to me helped me to reframe how I viewed your relationship. And you remember what you told me? Not at all. <laughs> so I literally was just like, okay, so, you know, I feel like that you can maybe do better because I want you to, you know, you were doing so well, Josh, like you were succeeding. I mean, I know you said you were stressed out at Texas A&M, but you were soaring academically before Texas A&M, and then I think it got harder once you got to Texas A&M. High school is always, high school is always a breeze. It's really not that hard, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, and then so, it's like then when I saw like, okay, my son is no longer wanting to be in school. Now my son is ready to drop out. You know, it, it made me, it hurt, it hurt my heart because I see you. So I see who you're going to be not right just now i see who you're going to be in the future and you have so much like you have and i know that you never signed up for a son <laughs> but honey you were chosen <laughs> so it's like it's in you you know greatness is in you it's like you can't run from it you can't hide from it it's embedded in you it's a, it's part of the fiber of your being and so i i just literally always have wanted you to stay in the vein of your excellence if that makes sense mm -hmm. and so it felt like when certain decisions were being made that it was like this was literally veering off <laughs> from the vein that you're supposed to be in but you made a comment to me and you were like I understand this is how it could be and this is the way that you're looking at it but mom this person that I've chosen gives me peace right I did say that yeah you remember that I do and you notice how I was like, okay, all of a sudden, you know, because that's the one thing that I believe a lot of us are looking for when it comes to relationships. You know, 
People don't want to have just nothing but drama. You know, right. people don't want to argue all the time. People don't want to. They don't want to have to sleep with one eye open. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They want to be able to trust the person that they're with. They want to know that you know when I go to bed, I can trust them. When I wake up, I can trust them. Mm-hmm. If I leave town, I can trust them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a level of trust that is is necessary if you are wanting to work on a healthy and having a healthy relationship. And so, but it's not just that you are the type of person that it doesn't matter if someone is in your presence or in your absence, you still hold that same standard of respect. And so, son, where do you think you got that from? I mean, you're a product of your environment. I can only say I've been around you for 20 years, so I can only say I got it from you. Aww. No, really, and the reason why I say it is because I listen to you. There's been times that, you know, because you're a very nice-looking young man. So there's been times people like, hey, you're like, I got a girlfriend. You know, and you say it, you say it with conviction. You know, you don't say it like, you don't disrespect anyone. But at the same time, you said with a conviction like, I already know what I have. I'm not looking to the left. I'm not looking to the right. I'm content right here. And you're only 20 years old, but you already have that righteous, you know, representation. You already have it. Right. You already have it. And so, getting cold? Mm. No. (laughs) I noticed the drip too. (laughs) It's like, ooh, it's getting kind of, yeah, it's it's getting kind of nifty in here. But, um, so when I listen to that, it's like, those are my proud moments as your mom. Those are my proud moments because I'm like, you didn't have a father figure to show you that, you know? You didn't have someone to show you. As a matter of fact, you have more negative, (laughs) you have more negative influences where you could have followed that pattern as opposed to the pattern that you chose to follow. You know, it would have been easier for you to fall in those lines. Nah, I knew right from wrong. Yeah. I knew, like, this action could potentially hurt someone's feelings Mm -hmm. and have repercussions. And I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't go down those same paths. I I did not want to. Um, And as far as relationship goes, like, as far as my relationship goes, Every day is still a learning process. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Because this is the first long-term relationship Mm -hmm. that I've had. Um, And so, and this is also, like, I'm also growing as an individual. So that's just, I'm having to learn three things at once. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, you take every, nothing else. If I've taken nothing else from this relationship, Mm -hmm. it's that you, you, literally take every day you take it like start fresh you know um there's happy moments there's sad moments there's boring moments and then there's there's more but um you just you can't take every day as negative you just kind of got to look at the the more optimistic outlook so yeah so son you're a young black male and as a young black male in this world in this country country, with everything that's going on George Floyd I'm not even going to start naming the names because we'll be here all night but with all of this happening around you how do you believe that you stay hopeful or are you remaining hopeful despite everything that you see around you um, I still have like goals that I want to accomplish, and I just try to look towards that. I mean, with with all the death and destruction that's happened to the black community over the years, it's it's. I'd be lying to myself if I'm like I'm not affected in some way. But if I if I choose to focus on that, it's just gonna get me down. I went mm-hmm. to a predominantly white college right literally it started off as a military school so if i if i choose to look at myself as a statistic or as a potential statistic then it's i'm not going to get nowhere in life right right um so i'd rather just focus on what i want to accomplish for myself you know where i want to go what i want to do how i want to do it um 
and I just want to focus on that for the most part. I mean, being black in America is already scary enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. If, really, truth be told, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. It don't matter. It, you know that, or a child, or an adult. They've None of that, that matters. They've made that abundantly clear. It right. don't matter as long as your pigmentation ain't. If your pigmentation ain't white, mm -hmm. there's a bullet with a name with your name on it. So, potentially, potentially. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I just try to not focus on that because I mean if I'm if I'm always looking over my shoulder like could this be it could this be it then I'm not gonna enjoy life for what it is and that's that's what I'm trying to learn to do is it I can I could go any time but if I you know enjoy life in the present moment then I'm I'm, I'm more inclined to peacefully pass right I don't know. no that actually that makes perfect sense um and then two when we talk about that i mean because this always you know that's always a burden on my heart you know that's one of the if you really want to know the truth josh that's one of the reasons why i am the way that i am the reason why i try to keep y'all covered as long as i possibly can is because you can't you know they always say that when you're raising children you can't control the decisions that they make once they leave your home mm -hmm. so there's a scripture in the Bible that says, if you train up a child in the way that they shall go, whenever they depart, they will, I mean, when, when they go, they shall not depart from it. And pretty much means that, you know, when they get older or whatever, they won't depart from it. I'm probably messing the scripture all the way up. But what it boils down to <laughs> is how I try to be a blessing to you and your sister and your brother, because the old just three I lost custody of them, but the youngest three, you know, I tried to make sure that whatever I did wrong, the first time that I would not do that wrong the second time. And so I tried to instill in y'all a foundation. So that way, whether, you know, if you're being rocked to the left, if you're being rocked to the right, you can literally always stand on that foundation. And that was God. And that was your relationship with God. But it was also to help y'all to understand like, this world that we live in, it's predictable yet unpredictable. So I wanted y'all to be able to have something to draw from, you know, I didn't want it to, I didn't, I never wanted y'all to have the impression that life is easy because it's hard as hell, but I wanted y'all to know, like, like you said, let me find the, the nuggets. Let me find the good times. Let me, you know, not so focus on the negative. Cause I mean, truth be told, if we focus on the negative, a lot of us will never leave our houses, mm -hmm. you know, because it's, it's enough to keep you confined because it's so much going on. And a lot of it is uninvited. A lot of it is just because of our pigmentation. Yeah. And so that, if, if we allow fear to be the dominant factor, it's a lot of people that wouldn't leave their homes, you know? Um, and that's not living, that's a form of bondage. So I, I totally get that. And so my whole thing is like, I wanted it to be that whether y'all are in my presence or you're out of my presence, you would still have that still small voice in the back of your head thinking, Am I, whatever decision am I making, is it helping me to preserve my life or is it a potential that I could end my life or, you know, my life would be taken quickly based on the choices that I make. And so, um, you know, and that's why sometimes I get really hard on y'all. But at the end of the day, I hope y'all know that the underlying foundation is the love that I have for y'all, the unconditional love that I have for y'all, which is one of the reasons why when you made the decision to leave the school, did you get any flack from me? I didn't get flat for nobody. It was all like, thank God you yeah. left us. <laughs> they was like, thank you. You made the right choice, son. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, okay then. Yeah, because we at the end of the day, Josh, it's your life. You know, we love you. You know we're in your corner. Um, but we don't want you to short your, shorten your days trying to impress somebody because of a piece of paper. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just didn't want you to do that. I'm not you know? going to do that. I don't care about no piece of paper. <laughs> and so, you know, I was like, okay, Lord, you know, I, I know and I trust that you have a relationship with God. You told me when you was 10 years old, you know. So just like you said, Mama, I hear from God just like you hear from God. So I, I feel and believe that you're going to be just fine, you know. But, um. And even when it comes to your relationships, it's like I listen to y'all interact. I see how y'all love on each other. I think it's a beautiful thing because everybody needs love. You know, everybody needs love. And so um, I think it's a beautiful thing that you found somebody that could reciprocate the love that you have. You know, because that's 
hard to come by. What's the name of my podcast? Oh, dear future husband. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> hit, hit, you know, that's like a, you know, I had to do a whole podcast about, you know, because it is. It's hard to find the person that is going to reciprocate and love you the way that you love them, if not greater, you know? So, it's like when you find that, yes, hold on to that. And so, um, yeah. But speaking of that, so we have this podcast now. Isn't that something? Your mom created a podcast. Yes. Called Dear Future Hubby. And actually, Josh is doing very well. But I wanted to know from a child's perspective, from my child's perspective. From, well, okay, you're not a child anymore. From my child. But yes, a young man. How do you feel about the concept of me going about it this way? About having a podcast, yeah, having this podcast, like I could, I could have called it anything. I could have called it the Strong Will Mind. I talk about this, my, I talk about my book every time, but I didn't call it that. You know what I'm saying? So, how do you feel about me calling it Dear Future Hubby Podcast? Do what you got to do, boo. <laughs> <laughs> it it could have been called anything. It's doing numbers. Yeah, yes. So honestly, <laughs> it don't matter what you call it. How do you I think, think like, Dear Future Hubby is a is a pretty cool concept. Uh-huh. At first I wasn't rocking with it because it sounded like another one, but uh-huh. I like that you kind of made it your own. Yeah. Um But I mean if 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 this is how if this is your avenue to get yourself a husband, get yourself a husband. But you know what's crazy? The more that I think about it, because I don't know if you heard Janana's podcast when she was on here, but Janana said she doesn't believe that I'm really it's about me getting a husband at all. It's probably not. She said, I just believe that it's you. It's, she's like, I feel like the husband is more of like a project or something. Something major. <laughs> something that I'm going to be committed to. You know, like a, a big project or something. Mm. But she was like, I just, I don't think that it's going to be a husband. And then she might be right. Like, I may be my husband. Have, he may find out five years from now that it's I even, you know what I'm saying? The whole time we court and he may not even know that, that I have a podcast. And then five years later, he's like, you got a what? It's called what? <laughs> nah, he gonna know you had a podcast because you definitely gonna shout it from the rooftop. Okay. <laughs> if nothing else, you solicit your products. You write about it. You so yeah, you write about it. Your mama's pretty faithful when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm gonna make sure that I that I put my brand out there. But um, but how do you feel about the the idea of me remarrying? I don't mind it. You don't. I by the. By the time you remarry, I'm either I'm gonna be on my own anyway. <laughs> so, so you're gonna, you gonna be married yourself probably. <laughs> by the time you be married, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be married. So oh, if, if, however long it takes. But I mean, I, I always thought you were gonna get remarried. I just didn't think it would take so long. Yeah, me either. <laughs> me either, son. But apparently, I had work to do, and not only that. I feel like what happened with Ariana took a twist for everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, had, I, had that never happened, I probably would. But, but be I married. honestly think that before people get personally, I, yeah. I don't know enough about life to, to really. This is just me personally. Right. I think that like for, before people get married, they should really try and find who they are. Yes. Yes. Um, I agree 100. Yeah. percent I agree 100. percent And I think that's what I'm delving into now. So. Even though it's called Dear Future Hubby Podcast, it was it gives me an opportunity to bring a lot of the poems that I wrote in the strong will mind mm-hmm. to life. Like, even though these things happened years ago, mm-hmm. there's somebody out there that has either they can identify with that poem, you know what I'm saying? That's either been through that situation or they're about to go through the situation. And so I kind of wanted, it's like the, the reason for doing this is more than just the dear future hubby. You know what I'm saying? If that happens, to God be all the glory. If it doesn't, to God be all the glory. Because I feel like it's just, it's more to this than that. And truth be told, he's my first husband. You know? So, <laughs> I got to practice with him anyway. You know? So, being committed to this and trying to make sure that, you know, I get it together. Then uh, who's to say that later on 
he won't ma- my true husband will not manifest in the future. Yeah, I think there's somebody out there for everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I about to say you was gonna crack a joke. I can I see it on your face. I was gonna crack a joke. You was gonna crack a joke. You weren't. Okay. Okay. Lost in uh, judgment, but I, I really do think that there's seven billion. There's seven billion people. Okay. On this planet, mm-hmm. you telling me ain't no husband for you? I I think that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that is that is true. Um, I really do think that there is there is someone for you out there. Um, how you get them, I don't know. Right. You got to go to the old conventions of dating. If, if it's through this podcast, I don't know how you're going to reach them or how they're going to reach you. They might, they're going to reach you. They um, might be one of my guests on the podcast. Could be, one your, could be one of your guests on the podcast. Yeah. Um, there's a lot you of just things. never know. You just, literally <laughs> you never, just know. never know. But. So what if I, okay, so what if I didn't get married? You know, what if I never got married and I pretty much just became an empty nester and started traveling the world? You might even love that more. I might. <laughs> you I might. might love that more. <laughs> yeah, I actually if might. I'm being honest, you, you operate on your own rhythm. You yes. might love that way more. I actually might, son. I actually might. See, you know your mama. That's the thing, too. You really know your mom. So <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, yeah, I just beaten by my own drum. That might work just fine for me. Uh, beating to my own drum but um last but not least so you you've heard me interview tenarian you've heard me interview xavier you've heard me interview aaron so i think we still have asia and ariana left mm-hmm. however the a's we got the a's left hey um, wow. <laughs> but okay so even with that um one of the things that I have brought to Aaron's attention and to Mary's attention was the fact that y'all do not have the same mother and father, but y'all have the most amazing relationship as siblings. And what do you think, John? Like, like I know by, by, that is by God's divine design, but the fact that y'all can see each other and the love, I'm talking about, Y'all have this love, all of y'all. You know, when y'all see each other, it's just like, it's like y'all were raised together even though you weren't. You know, where do you, what do you think is one of the things that keeps y'all so loving each other? Uh, it's cause we weren't, we weren't raised day to day together, right. but we still shared childhood moments. Together. Right. Like, there, <laughs> I remember this dude, Aaron, <laughs> jumped out the car. I was thinking back on it. I'm yeah. like, um, wow, this dude really did that. He was, could have been no more than 15 years old when he did that. I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> um... But I really think it's because, like, when we, for me, Uh I know that it's like when I was by myself and I'm like, okay, what do I really want from this family? And it was, I want a connection. Yeah. Yeah. I I see how uh, you and Uncle Mark and and, and Umbridge and Uncle Robert, like, are close. Mm -hmm. And y'all were raised together. I see when I'm looking at Liana's family, I'm like, I see how y'all, you and your cousins and their siblings are tight knit, mm-hmm. like inseparable. Almost. Y'all are tight too. The cousins are tight. Dante and all them. Y'all are all tight. Yeah. 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 You know, we tried to raise y'all to be close too. Yeah. But when it comes to like Asia and Aaron and, and Tenarian and them, it's like, though, that's still my family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and it's not like we didn't know each other's parents. Right. Right. You know, it's not like you didn't know or Aaron didn't know you. Right. Or I didn't know Tony. Yeah. Or I didn't know Theron. Right. It's, we knew y'all's family. Yeah. It's just we weren't raised in the same household. Right. So, That's I mean, right. Because I took y'all all around different. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I still met the Nalses. I yeah. still met the Moors. So it's not like I didn't know who right. their families were. Right. It's just like. We just didn't live in the same household. Yeah. So, I mean, they're still my brothers and sisters. Yeah. They're still my family. They're still my blood. Yes. Uh, as far as anybody else has to say anything about it. But, I mean, I love them right. like, to death. And they so. love you, too, to death. I just think it's amazing because it's like every... 
I don't, if I could, and I've always, you know, that's why I take so many pictures. So if you ever wanted to know, like, why does my mom take so many pictures? One of the reasons why is because the way memories are set up, it's one thing for you to have it in your head. It's another for you to reflect on those memories. And so even when I'm gone, I want y'all to be able to look at the moments that you share together, like to see the facial expressions and to see the joy and to see how regardless of what we went through growing up, even in our young adulthood, you know, just going through life, love conquers all. Because I literally see every week, like with the photos and how y'all love on each other, like at your graduation, you know, like it's, it's a, I can't even describe how beautiful it is to see that this is something that it was, it's like a supernatural thing. We never told y'all to love each other. We just literally said, this is your sister. This is your brother. You know what I'm saying? But it's like when y'all are together, unless we telling people like we tell them right now that y'all weren't raised under the same roof, nobody could tell. You know what I'm saying? It's well, like y'all it's, are I mean, so connected. Yeah. I mean, we, we've spent we we just weren't raised on the same roof, but we right. spent enough family time okay. during our so younger years. So we did, years. we did good. Yeah, we okay. spent we've spent enough family time during our younger years and during our our growing developing yes. years to where we can say, this is not only my brother, but this is like my blood. This yeah. is my family, and I would kill for this yeah. person. You know, yeah. so we still have that bond. It may not. It, it's not as strong as I would like it. I told right. Aaron this the other yeah. day. Uh, the other day I saw him. I was uh-huh. like, our bond isn't as strong as I would like it to be. Right. But we, st- hopefully, yeah. we still have many years right. to build that bond and right. strengthen that bond. So, right. And he was like, yeah, I, I understand. So, I mean, there's a foundation there. Yeah, We it know is. that we love each other and yeah. we, we are willing to to put in the work to get to know each other better right. than what we already do now. So that's all it is. Yeah. Brotherly and sisterly love. That's all I it is. I love it. And then on top of that, y'all are okay. Cause a lot of times, Josh, people don't even think about getting close until someone dies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not going to let that happen. Right. And so it, it's a blessing to see that as well. It's like, it doesn't, it, y'all are not allowing the demise of one person to be the determining factor of, oh, I now I need to call you more or now I need to spend time with you more. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all are trying to work on nurturing your relationships now. Yeah. And I just think that that's a beautiful thing. Like I love all of y'all. You know that I love you. They know that I love them, but it's like, I literally also love y'all's sibling relationship i love how y'all love each other and i'm like that can't be taught you know that's something that comes from the inside out you know and it's in each one of y'all all of y'all have that you know so i don't know that's like to me that's the greatest reward you know that's the greatest reward to see that y'all love each other you know like if they you hear somebody's voice on the phone it's like hey Tanary, you know <laughs> hey asia you know so i just love that I just love how y'all love each other. So I just, I really do hope that that's something that, like you said, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger with time. Uh, because those type of relationships, those type of bonds, those are things that people pray for. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the, the, having that type of relationship and that type of, you know, union with someone is what people pray for. They want to be close to their siblings. They want to be able to, you know, to for the love to be reciprocated, you know. And so... Um, they want to be able to, like, as soon as they, if let's say that they haven't seen their sibling in years or never met their sibling, when they finally meet them, they want to be able to have that kindred spirit to where they connect instantaneously. Right. And y'all have that. And I, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful to just watch it unfold. And last but not least, so this is episode 105. Ooh. Yeah. So what happened was, <laughs> what happened was... <laughs> season one was supposed to be concluded. Season one. Yes, I have a season one. We're going into season two. Okay. Not long, like, I think in two weeks or whatever. Okay. But season one was only supposed to be from one episode one to episode one hundred. Okay. So what ended up happening was I have developed a connection with the audience that I didn't even know that I had okay. to where I want to be on the podcast every day 
So since I'm trying to wean myself so I can get ready for season two, I found myself still getting on to record. So I was like, okay, Lord, I'm not going to push. I'm not going to push this. Every time I hear it's time for you to record, I'm just going to record. So this now makes episode 105 of season one. Um, so these are actually bonus episodes. Yeah, you could, you, yeah, yeah. You could still cut it off at uh, 100 and then just do... Yeah, yeah, these episodes. are yeah, these are bonus episodes because it really should have been cut off at 100, but it's still going, and I'm like, okay, Lord. So um, I want to thank you because that one of the I, it didn't feel complete. I still feel like I still got to talk to Asia and then Ariana, and then maybe then I could really cut season one off because the first season is supposed to be the foundation, and family is the foundation, and so I wanted to make sure that I got y'all on, and I you know was able to have those recordings and the memories and then season two is when we open it up to the world so that's open when it up to the yes world. this is when we open it up to the world so people that i have never met before <laughs> um, will have the opportunity to come on the dear future hubby podcast so yeah it's a very cool idea yeah it just kind of fell in my lap someone asked if they could be a part of the podcast and then someone else asked and i looked up and a lot of people were asking, so I'm going to go with God and <laughs> let it happen. <laughs> and let's just see where the cards fall. But um, I love you, son. I love you too. I thank you so much for this opportunity. Tell your girlfriend, thank you for letting me have you for a few minutes. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> but no i am i'm very proud of you i think you know that if you don't like if you don't know that i'm proud of you by now son i'm just i'm really proud that you're my son i'm really proud that you that you have a heart of gold because you do you have a heart of gold and you know what i'm also proud about josh i thought we were gonna end but i got one more thing because i really want you to speak to this so remember when you were getting an award it was like another scholarship before you were about to go to Texas A&M. You had written a poem, and it was about your dad. And the poem was great. No you brought people to. Well, no it was it it was great in the fact that you spoke your heart, Josh. It right. was great because people cried. No, no, so. no, 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 no. You said it was about my dad. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. You said that you don't want the name or something. It was, it was about me. I didn't oh, mention okay. Him it was at about all. you. It was just about me. Okay. Well, it was a great poem because it brought people. It brought. A lot of people to tears, yes. including me. It was a great poem. And so you wrote this poem. You got a scholarship because you wrote this poem. And then now. So I want you to tell the fatherless what it feels like to be a, an 11-year-old child who met his father for the first time all the way up to age 20 where you are now developing and nurturing a bond with your father like i just speak to the fatherless for a moment i don't know how to speak to the fatherless <laughs> um, what um but i know how to speak as a fellow fatherless child um the first time i met my dad i i honestly was it was the dead of night so i yeah, was just was. like this okay well, I guess it's really early this. in the morning. It <laughs> felt like dead tonight to me. I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, it was kind of like a flash of a of a moment uh, when I first met him. Because I mean, it was just we he was there. We took a pic, mm -hmm. and he was gone. Um, and we kind of had some some while I was living in Dallas. We kind of had some like father son moments, mm -hmm. but. When you, and I'm glad I met him young, because if I would have met him older, I probably would have resented him, but I'm glad I met him young where I was still impressionable. Yeah. Because I could, I could, I still had the capacity to, to hold some type of love towards my father. Mm -hmm. um, and so now that I'm getting to know him more, I can say, I love you, dad. Mm -hmm. And it's maybe, it may be not, it, it might not hold the same weight as it would if I'm saying it to my girlfriend or saying it to my mother, mm -hmm. but it's still like, I respect you in some aspect, mm -hmm. you know? Um, you, you, you brought me into this world. So I have to, I have, not have to, but I have some, some sort of um, 
feelings towards you, whether that be good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and so, I guess nurturing that relationship, it's not as hard as you would think it is. Um, unless your father is just very stubborn, then that's right. just one thing. But right. mine, he's older, and he, he also was a fatherless child, yeah. so... I guess getting to know his story and why he chose to make the decisions that he made is kind of like the eye-opening thing. Like, I'm seeing now that me and him are alike. And honestly, if I were in his shoes, I probably would have made the same decisions. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying, like, to harbor less indifference and bitterness towards mm -hmm. him because, I mean, he was young. Mm -hmm. And if I made those same quote unquote mistakes when I was young, I probably would have done, I probably would have made the same decisions. So, I mean, I can't, I can only know his story. I can only understand his story. I can't change what happened. Right. You know, I, and there's no reason for me to feel bitter about, feel bitter all my life mm -hmm. about something that, a decision he made before I was even right. thought of. So, right. Yes, it sucks that mm -hmm. for 11 plus years, mm -hmm. I didn't really know my father, but it is it is more of a blessing than mm -hmm. a curse that I am getting to know him mm -hmm. and, and actually trying to get to know him because most people don't get that chance. Right. Um, they don't get that chance to know their father. They, they are either too late or their father's already gone. So That's true. So, yeah. I, I don't know if I can speak to the fatherless. No, so you actually you did a very great job, son. Because sometimes that's one of the things that I had talked to Tanera and um, Asia about is that, you know, when I was growing up, there was a lot of things. And I wasn't, I mean, my biological father was not present, but my stepfather was present. And, mm -hmm. you know, and even with that, it's like I still had my own perception of how I felt things could have been different. But then when I took a step back and I started to look at it from their lens instead of my own lens, then I started, I had a new respect for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, wait a minute, you didn't have to be a stepfather to us. You know what I'm saying? You didn't have to marry mom. You didn't have to stay in that relationship. You, there's plenty of women with no children that you could have, you know, chose to be with, but you chose to be with someone who had quote unquote baggage. And you didn't just stay with her afterwards. I mean, you didn't just stay with her for that season. You've been with her for over 40 years. So it's just like, you're somebody that we need to be celebrating, you know? And so, yeah, it's like um, when you start to look at things from a different lens and not just from a, I don't know, one-sided. A hurt child. Right. A hurt child. I mean, right. that's basically what it is. It's like... When I, okay, so from 11 to yeah. 20, yeah. from 11 to 20, those years when I didn't know my dad, it was simply, I was hurt. Yeah. That's, that's all it really was. Yeah. I was hurt, and I was hurt because my dad was three hours away. Right. My dad was still alive. Right. And I was still in the same city. So, yeah. I mean, it only took listening to him, and it only took, like, really, I guess, getting out into the world and seeing, like, okay, you can easily make a mistake like that yeah. and it change your whole world. Yeah. You could and I don't want to I don't right. want to call kids mistakes, yeah. but you can easily make a <laughs> right. decision yeah. and it affect your whole world. Yeah. You I guess you're just like, no, I, I can't I can't not right. right now. So um I, I, I can respect that, but at the same time, I mean it's not gonna take away the fact that as a child right. I was still hurt. Right. I can still I can understand the predicament that he was put in but it doesn't take away the fact the that fact like, that you still felt I that pain right that. so that's just for another day yeah <laughs> yeah no i agree 150 percent. like just like um remember when we, we took the bethesda thing mm -hmm. and i know you didn't like the fact that i kind of made you take that <laughs> but oh, no i went on purpose okay okay because i thought you were like oh my mom is making me do something else but uh -huh. One of the reasons why I wanted us to go is because it dealt with our brokenness. You know, it dealt with the, um, what is it? The um, intentional soul wounds versus the unintentional soul wounds. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if you wrote a letter to your dad. No. 
I wrote one to my biological father and to my stepdad. I was there for the food. Yeah, yeah. But I never read it to my stepdad. And then my biological father, I did read it to the class and everybody was in tears. But one thing that I noticed is that by writing that letter, it helped me to understand my quote unquote daddy issues. Mm -hmm. You know, it helped me to realize like that's where some of my pain was coming from. And then I really kind of got upset with myself at one point because I'm like, girl, had you dealt with this? way back when maybe the narrative of your story would have been different but because it took me late into my 30s early 40s for me to start really owning my shit you know what yeah. i'm saying then that's the reason why i'm and, in the predicament honestly that's that's that is why having you as a parent is great because mm -hmm. i would not have learned i don't know if i would learn mm -hmm. but like the fact that you went to classes like that where you literally had to sit down with yourself and be like, why are, are you yeah. the way that you mm -hmm. are? Yeah. Why are you like this? <laughs> yeah. Why are you like this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> having to sit down with yourself is, is really beneficial, but it's like, had I not been there when I was younger, yeah. I wouldn't have even thought of that when I was right. younger. I wouldn't right. have even... I wouldn't even told myself I need therapy. Right. That thought would have never right. come across my mind, especially not with this pigmentation. Right. So... <laughs> Like just having that exposure, having those those experiences, I mean, those have really come out for the better. Because mm -hmm. I know I need to sit down with myself and really ask myself, why are you like this? Yeah. Why do you have these issues? Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm finding myself doing that more. Just mm -hmm. just whenever I'm alone and I'm clouded by thoughts, I'm just like, why? Why? Mm -hmm. Why are you like yes. this? Yes. <laughs> why? Are you, why? Because yeah. for the most part most of our issues are rooted in like our childhood yeah and if we just kind of tackle that yeah and we can hopefully go about life better but it's painful and so a lot of times why people don't like to do it is because it brings up so much pain and it's repressed pain and stuff that we didn't quite deal with at the time. We just kind of like pushed it down thinking it would, you know, we'll, we'll get over it, you know, and then it lies dormant for a while. But then when you start to do the work, you got to resurface all that stuff. And then so it's like you're reliving that same pain all over again. And sometimes it's just like cutting an onion. You know what I'm saying? You can't even get to the second or third layer before your eyes are filled with tears because it's just like, wait a minute, like. I really did. Do, I went through this. You but know what I'm saying? You feel so much better when you're done cutting. But you onion. really do feel better. You really do. So there's healing in it. But at the same time, it's like just going through that process. You have to literally be willing to face yourself. You know, and there's so many people that are used to running from their reflection. That is just like face myself for what I've been doing, doing this good for this long. I've been putting on this facade for so long and it's worked for me. Why would I want to face myself now? You know, so. All of that, I believe, is, you know, it just depends on when you're ready to do the work. And some people, truth be told, Josh, some people never want to do the work. Some people just, they literally take the issues to the grave. They don't deal with it. They don't address it. They don't talk about it. They just hold it in and they die with it. Because opening up anything for them is too much to deal with. A lot of people cannot, they cannot face their past. A lot of people. And so they live with that. And then it bleeds into their relationships. That's why history repeats itself. Yeah. Because don't nobody want to be real with who they are. Right. Yeah. It's sad. But this is going to conclude my episode on tonight. I wanted to take a moment to just thank you, son, again for just gracing us with your presence. I hope that everyone who listened on today has been blessed by listening to my 20 year old and can hear me and hopefully yeah y'all can hear him as well as me um but yes this is going to conclude my my episode normally i would read a letter to my future hubby however because of the time of the actual episode i will spare y'all <laughs> but please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you signing out your girl Teresa. y'all have a blessed one Bye. Don't say bye. Bye. <laughs> bye, y'all.